You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast. We go to the many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunted gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about magic food. Nathan, why? It yummy. I mean, that's the reason for food, but why magic food? It more yummy. <laughs> Maybe. And honestly, that could be a good enough reason. But anyway, in all seriousness, we talked a couple episodes back about just how food and drink can be used in your campaign to kind of shape how certain things can feel and to just build the world because food is such an important part of culture. However, Dungeons and Dragons is, well, more often than not, a magical world. Magic is generally fucking everywhere. And yet that doesn't actually come up very often in terms of cuisine. Like, yeah, magic poisons and stuff can come up occasionally, but just food itself being magical or magic used for the sake of food just doesn't actually come up a whole lot. So before I go on about the official versions of what already does exist, uh, Nathan, I'm just curious, are you aware of any of the official versions of things? Anything that's magical and food? Just, yeah, I'll anything at all. Does good berry count? You know what? Let's go ahead and just say yes for the sake of this. Right. All right. So, yes, Goodberry is, of course, a spell that exists. There is also a spell, Create Food and Water, uh, and both of those things are hotly debated amongst dungeon masters about whether it is helpful to not keep track of food or if it is game breaking. And honestly, solid argument can be made either way. We really do just need to do that Goodberry episode at some point just to fully get into that. Uh, anyway, it's been on the list for months. It's been on the list. I mean, it's going to be a fun one, but we just keep having other things we want to say. But anyway, there's also a spell that exists, Hero's Feast, which is one of the more direct examples of kind of how this could work, but 
not quite as cleanly as I like. And that's a spell that not only is sixth level, which limits it, it is only for clerics and druids, which limits it more. And it has a thousand gold component cost that is consumed. So, yeah, it's good that it can, you know, cure disease and poison, you know, immune to poison and being frightened. Like, it, it's got a, a lot of benefits. That's not even all of them. But that's just too much gold for something like that's not something that can be done regularly. And it's something that could be useful. But I don't see that one as particularly fun. So I'm just going to move along past that. Uh, there is also a newer magic item uh, came out in the adventure Icewind Dale Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, the Cauldron of Plenty. And this one's kind of neat to me because it is a four foot wide, just big fucking cauldron that can hold 30 gallons of liquid. And then that three times a day is able to just be used to just turn uh, water that's poured into it into a stew. So it is kind of like what we do in Riftwake, but a bit more limited and specific in its use. But it's still pretty neat because it is still a magic item that is able to feed, what's it, uh, 30 gallons, so 120 people three meals a day. That's pretty nice. But, but, but the problem is that's really kind of it. Like, yeah, there's ways to conjure up uh food but there's not a whole lot of actual like magic food the way we often think of in terms of video games to have more like fun effects and buffs and anything like that it makes your nose real long sure why not and like there isn't even as much in terms of just kind of dnd specific foods there's only one example that i could really come across uh in the research i did before this episode which is actually in uh oh which one was it in, oh uh, also rhyme of the frost maiden actually there is a cooked intellect devourer which is fucking terrifying to me so in case you don't know what it is an intellect devourer is an aberrant creature so the same family as beholders and such but its whole thing is that it's basically a brain with legs that eats people's brains and puppets their body. But cool to have a cooked inter- intellect devourer, like as far as the way like it looks, it would be like eating a humanoid brain. And that's just fucked. It's actually kind of a delicacy in some places, not going to name names, but uh, people eat Human brains brain? and stuff like that. I, again, no, I, like, I'm not, not saying that eating similar. brain is bad. But I'm saying if you have something that literally looks the size and shape of a human brain, a pig brain is going to not look the same. It's going to not be the same size and shape as a human brain. Having what is for all intents and purposes, it's all about a customs, human brain right? in like, I guess, a giant stew pot in front of a party. That's fucking creepy as hell to me. It is creepy. Like kind of neat because, of course, I do love me some aberrations, but oh, well. The problem that I have, and this is to just zoom back out for a moment, all of those things, except for Heroes Feast, for the most part, just might be made with magic, but there's nothing else that really is magic. Like, 
a lot of the time, video games, for example, will have the kind of thing where, like, if you eat this food, then you're healed a bit. Or if you eat that food, then you might get a buff of some kind that has some kind of effect right. on you. And there's like some sometimes there's even uh some like I don't know there's some sometimes foods that if you eat enough of it you get like benefits in terms of like oh increased your strength you know that kind of thing maybe and it's honestly a little bit weird to me that in a world as high magic as standard D and D there really isn't a whole lot of that and I find that to be unusual and not great so. That's kind of it for the rules as written side of things. So now I want to just kind of tangent over a bit into how to actually use more magic food for your own games. So I'm curious, Nathan, just your opinion. Uh, just do you think that there should be magic foods in a game? I think more stuff is fun, but having magic food heavily implies that magic is readily available avi- <laughs> readily available for most of the population like so so much so that more than just a couple of select chefs are able to pra- like um play around with it um like having it freely available but um no matter what kind of situation you have there are going to be a couple people who can make it unless it's a really really low magic world and most like magic is like you know even if they are scholar scholarly types you'd imagine that some sometimes they'd be like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna make some food using magic let's try that you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah that's that's my thoughts on the situation yeah like something that doesn't get talked about quite as much as I'd like. So it's known just through my many, many, many rants on prestidigitation that I'm a huge fan of magic influencing quality of life. And that's because it should and it would. In a world where any amount of magic exists, unless it is an extraordinarily finite, expensive thing, and even then, maybe still somewhat this, but... If people have magic, they will use it to make their lives more comfortable and easier in whatever form that takes. So if you have anything higher than like a drop of magic kind of world, like I don't even know, like whatever is below low magic. (laughs) But like if you have even like a standard kind of lower magic D&D world, there would be magic users who use their magic to make their lives easier. And food is one of the most direct ways to make a human's li- humanoid's life better. Because, yes, you can use prestidigitation to stay clean. You could use it to flavor your food. It is right there uh, in I, that I'm just best championship right in the now, game. Right? Imagine having, like, whenever anything is cooked, right? Just having it cooked just to the right texture, right temperature, you know, that kind of bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not even magic food, necessarily. It's just like having magic to cook your food. Um, it's just really, really good. Um, have a magical pan of searing, where it just yeah. cooks your food to the correct temperature, whatever that may be. It, it, exactly and if yeah it's a magic item that requires attunement but that because of that attunement it automatically cooks food to like the perfect way that you like it i mean like wouldn't that be fucking amazing it's it's basically having like 
a, a like item as a personal chef, but without all the you know money to such a great extent, depending on the setting you're in. Yeah, very well maybe. But it just is mind-boggling to me that rules as written D and D is just extraordinarily lacking in thought in that direction. That is one of the honest flaws of Dungeons and Dragons all told, not even just 5th edition, which is the fact that there is that extraordinary focus on the combat side of things. And I know we've also gone on some tangents about that in the past too, when we were talking about just experience in general and just about many of the times we go on rants about combat being the focus of D&D, which it shouldn't be. But a lot of the rules are geared that way, which actually on second thought makes it doubly unusual that there isn't magic used for the sake of a combat benefit so the short version then there should you should use magic food if it does suit your world so now let's move on to how might you want to go about that so nathan do you have any thoughts on the subject Honestly, like um, just listening to you speak about it, I, I'm, I'm I'm right now thinking there's a couple. First off, imagine having food that you know lay like um, does weaker versions of spells on you or something like that. But it's like there's flat bonus to you. Like for example, there's this kind of fucking disgusting stale bread that you can eat. But the thing is that it makes your skin harder. So if people hit you, um, <laughs> you you um you know it's harder to pierce your skin but it's like that kind of minimal i mean it doesn't have to be bad no no like the bread i mean like have you ever had matzah i don't i've i've not eaten a ton of bread but um i'm I'm saying it has to be bad because you know all right the rift because the the, the rift creation of course yes exactly because like you know it's tough right the red's tough to eat tough to swallow makes your skin tough it it, it all it all fits together (laughs) yeah so instead of bark skin it'd be crust skin crust skin So, yeah, honestly, that's something that could be really fun. You just have a magic item. You just call it something like crust skin bread. And then it's just like a week. So instead of the spell bark skin, which gives you like a minimum AC of 16, like maybe this is like a weaker version. Then it just gives you like something like a 13 AC. But then you have this like golden brown textured skin during whatever this duration (laughs) is. Can you imagine like smelling like um, and you smell delicious? And it's the kind no, of thing no. where if you're fighting no, certain it's, monsters, it's it makes you them smell, focus you don't, on you. you. You don't exactly smell delicious all the time. It's all that kind of thing. Like, if you scratch yourself on something, it's just like, wait a second, I smell something. No, you should, no, no scratch and stuff. You should smell like delicious warm bread. At least that would oh, be the I my did. version of it. No. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. I mean, that's you having fun with the Riftwake version, and I'll have a less shitty time in the Dethane version. version. That's the thing. Like, I don't like the way Remy does things because he's, his things are too perfect. Yeah, yeah. the thing is, you want to make a dramatic world. I want to make a nicer world. I want more escapism in my D&D. Excuse me, escapism is for the weak. <laughs> then I'm weak, and I'm okay with that. I want to just have a world that is logical, even with magic, and just works, and not everyone is shitty, and sometimes things are just nice. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, I say that after my players just were forced to make a deal with a demon. Anyway. He's full of shit, guys. (laughs) No, just occasionally. Occasional nice things. 
but anyway, who needs but, nice but, things? Yeah. <laughs> right, humans. But anyway, what are nowadays? Yes, Kreskin. So this would be a good time to bring up cost because magic in D anD D tends to be extraordinarily expensive. So that is something that would be worth consideration in terms of trying to price out what you would want these magic foods to do. And we'll certainly get into, you know, different power options just later on through this episode. But in terms of just the kind of simpler, more basic options of just like minor effects that might just like mimic a weakened version of an existing spell, how much should you charge for such a thing? I would say probably slightly above normal food it's pretty good yeah so to give the official answer before i go into my opinion technically by rules as written any consumable magic item is supposed to cost half as much as a permanent magic item of that rarity whatever that may be which is fucking bullshit first of all just i despise that rule and do not use that in my own game but technically that means then that if you had some you know powerful effect in food that like if you just had a rare quality food then that means that that could cost up to 2500 gold just for a rare quality of magic food fuck that Dude, imagine having standardized prices. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, like, honestly, <laughs> magic item pricing is probably something we should do an episode about it now that I right. think about it, because the rules as written are just dumb. Yeah, and honestly, it's one now. of those things that needs to be tailored uh, just based on, like, your own personal economy and your game. Magic item prices literally on the list now. Okay. Anyway, so in terms of what I think it ought to be, then trying to figure out a price based on the kind of effect it gives you would be how I would think of things. So is it mimicking a spell? Is it just a, an effect that you're making up? However, duration is also one thing that should be a factor, Maybe. as well as time. What? Imagine having like just like a kind of food. Just that um, whenever you eat it, you become clean or something like that. That just does one other thing that you need to do on a daily basis. Ooh, a magic, magic apple. So really, or like have a magic apple that is a lesser restoration. So it really oh, is an no, apple a day keeps yeah. the cleric away. Right. <laughs> that would be amazing. Not going to lie. Like having that imagery of an apple that heals you, like, like restores you in some way. Yeah. And honestly, that's yeah. the kind of thing that, you know, maybe that's something that just magically grows somewhere out oh, in your world. Shit. Can, can you imagine like, um, like it's cheaper to do that. So like people in poor neighborhoods or something like that. It's like, yeah, um, the, the guy has like teeth rot. What do we do? We got to buy an apple for him. <laughs> yeah. And that's another of those things that could be like a world changing thing to exist. Like, and there are so many angles that you could take with such a thing. So first off, like that is something powerful enough that that could be like a direct godly influence on the world kind of thing like maybe that is like a gift to the people from the god of healing maybe again, apples whether, don't need to be signs of evil 
Um, yeah, they don't. But and what's fun though is like using that example I just said of you know cleric of healing uh, or whatever a god of healing. It doesn't matter if that's true or not in the world that you're playing in. So even if you have a world where it is like not active gods, that's the kind of thing that like wars would be fought over the control of such a plant. Like imagine if it's oh, the yeah, kind of thing that crazy. only grows in like one specific country or one specific mountaintop that's like just the right temperature oh, for it to grow. Imagine if the the like it had like um it was shiny as well like so it was the golden apples mm-hmm. and it made your teeth golden <laughs> because Oh, so then it'd be like a sign of being rich to not have gold teeth because it proves that you've been healthy enough to not need it. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> like, that's the kind of thing. Like, it sets a feel for the world. Like, so, okay, you go to this place and you notice that, like, all the poor people seem to have gold teeth and yet the nobles <laughs> all have pearly whites, except for oh uh, like God, one guy who's amazing. like really shunned. Like that that's really amazing. is something that you could kind of play because with. it's entirely a, a, like opposite to how we think of things on our side, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly the reason that this topic is of such interest to me, because anything in your world shapes your world. That's one of just the really fun aspects of just cause and effect because just having a thing can have repercussions that you don't necessarily think of right off the bat so just having this one you know apple tree of restoration and that changes the entire world and that changes the culture of the place where it is that changes the relationship with kingdoms nearby like, or on the other hand, like if this is something that does just grow very easily, then maybe it is the kind of thing where just like a poor neighborhood just like purposefully grows these everywhere so that like anyone who needs to can just, you know, pick it and you know, be OK. And then all of a sudden that means that you'd have a massive population boom because that's a lot of people that suddenly aren't dying of diseases. So then you have a way higher uh or lower, I don't know the right word for uh, mortality rate, uh, birth rate, death rate ratios. Yeah, lower mortality rate, yes. So then you'd have a massive population boom over time, like, which is interesting to think about, because then that, again, you take that a step farther. Okay, this thing, I like, maybe your world, it just has always existed, and that's just that. Or maybe this is a new thing. And then all of a sudden, cities are dealing with massive overpopulation. And how do they deal with that? On the other hand, maybe this it just having always existed in your world is something that you can also just consider as uh, how do I phrase this? So living in a D&D world is bad for a lot of people. Like if you just think about how many monsters there are, how many just like a lot of D&D cities still have like giant rats in the basement for some reason. So you could still die real easy in a D&D world, even in the city. So having right. there be something like this might actually be your in-world explanation of why there is a balanced mortality rate in your world that yes there is much more death by monster but there's much less death by disease and you could actually use this in your world building as like a source of why that mortality rate is more balanced out compared to 
like our world or compared to just a population growth in general. Like maybe the reason a D&D world doesn't really change in thousands of years of history is because it's just had a very static population over time. Right. Like another thing I would like to add is just like uh, this adds to that sort of thing where um, like that sort of interesting culture where historically, if I'm not wrong, um, death was a lot more um, like normal to be around because mm -hmm. people j just died more. Wars were less deadly in such a terrible sort of way where people just died by like like that um instead they it was like a lot more of a case where like death was a lot more accepted by people rather than today where we don't really interact with death except for like death of you know pets loved ones and you know there, there isn't really a lot of community to really feel so much death and in which case it becomes a lot more of a mournful thing than it once was and having it so that more people just die in general and easier and what's dangerous can do a lot of things or uh, what's culture. Yeah. And just thinking about how your world treats death is another thing that's just worth thinking about. But we have tangented a lot away from our original yes. topic. So let's uh, backtrack just a bit. And so, yeah, so that was just one example of having something like a magic apple. So let's you know, zoom the effects a little bit more down. What are some fun effects that you could use with magical foods? It's in packaging. When you take it out of the packaging, it heats up and, and it's all ready to be eaten. It's, it's called, we call it instant food. It's, it's great. <laughs> Honestly, that's not a bad idea. Having the kind of thing with there where it is just like either self-cooking or just is in like I want that. <laughs> or or just have like a special like a bag of holding that's like a bag of stasis right. where it's just it you know whatever you put in comes out the same so you just like get a lot so like imagine if there's like a restaurant that your adventurers really like they end up getting this ah. you know bag of stasis and they just like I want you know a hundred orders of chicken pad thai to go just like whatever your favorite food is and then you just put them all in like as they cook them and then when you take it out it's you know exactly as hot as that moment you put it in oh like, my gosh that's real amazing nice. <laughs> i would very much I, enjoy I want that i want yeah. that and like and that'd be a kind of just fun novelty for adventurers who are like going out and roughing it a little more to just like have like a handful of places in the like scattered the continent that like they like and like that's the kind of thing where you know you have you know hopefully just developed your world building with your players just like at that point and just like yeah i really like the you know fried spiders from this uh you know drow city up in the north and i really like you know the boar that this one uh orc tribe actually cooks somewhere in this desert when you can find them and the, having there be just like a couple of favorite foods is something that does kind of set a mood because people talk about their favorite foods like that just is a part of just being a person really is like you honestly talk about speaking, the things that you like honestly speaking i think like one very fun way that people can quickly come up with really fun uh, general just magic items or anything just in general look to the real world see what's like just normal and then trying to replicate it with magic <laughs> yeah i mean really you're not wrong like there is so much that just you know we enjoy just like 
<laughs> magic microwave going back to our earlier hot food example exactly <laughs> but honestly uh even beside that there are no limits to really what you can choose to do so yes you can choose to like mimic spells that you know are beneficial to you or the thing that might be you know harmful to your enemy like imagine if you did just make something like a uh like a calzone grenade, like where it's like a hot pocket that's way, way, way too hot. And like when you bite into it, it, it burns you. Imagine oh, you if you make a magical on... version of that oh, where you like you throw it and it just explodes into hot cheese and deals fire damage. It's all sticky and stuff and it's stuck yeah. on you. Shit, that would hurt. That would hurt a lot. And also, just could you imagine the like it smell amazing, the though. mental <laughs> issue of that? Of, like the like imagine like losing a fight with someone and like assuming right. that it's not a party of murder hobos and they actually like don't kill them all but like imagine your party uses uses an item like that and then like right. imagine the story that you, the defeated enemies spread just like <laughs> these guys are nuts man like they threw a cheese grenade at us that was burned and then by the time we got yeah, home it smelled real bad like yeah like fuck like that's the kind of thing that like it's honestly easy to imagine from the mechanical perspective of like yeah that's totally a thing that D, &D magic would be capable of uh, and right. at the same time just imagine the mental effects I imagine having that and just going around the streets finding hungry people and throwing that at them it's a not <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> crazy bastard oh jeez on the other hand there's also some spells that really do just kind of line up really well to thinking about like oh that would be a fun one so right. dragon's breath is one that immediately comes to mind for me so like this i'm talking about the spell not an actual breath of the dragon mm -hmm. but like the spell dragon's breath is only second level so that's relatively accessible magic so imagine like the idea of having like a really hot curry that you eat this and then you have dragon's breath for some amount of time that would just be very entertaining for me uncontrolled dragon's breath yeah like, i need or, some water and then you just like fire comes out while you're shouting yeah just like ah! and just that 15 foot coughing, it's like fire spouts of flame <laughs> <laughs> yeah or right. you know imagine it's something along the lines of that or like you have like a super super like garlicky italian dish could be the poison breath oh no like it's something that you could really just have fun with and that is the point of it is just like figuring out how you can apply things in other ways that are entertaining now uh one thing that i do also feel the need to mention now that i think about this you absolutely can, and honestly, I would even go so far as to say should, use the existing spells as inspiration for things that you can use for this. However, one of the explicit rules regarding magic items is the fact that a, a lot of magic items replicate the effect of a spell in most ways, but with some differences. So, as an example, a lot of magic staffs for example don't need to use the regular casting time of the spell that they mimic so that it's just an action to cast the spell from the staff and that is one of the big benefits of why a person might be willing to invest the gold into a magic item even if they might already know the spell because they can cast it instantly 
And that is absolutely a rule that can be applied to this. So there are plenty of spells that might take a while to cast, but that you can have like a potion or a food that can mimic that effect more quickly. However, there's also no reason that you couldn't flip that around. There's a lot of spells that are usable as an action that maybe you want to have it be where you have to consume an entire meal over like 10 minutes and then you get the effect. And that's something that could be real nice. So like something that comes to mind for that would be something like aid. So aid is a spell that can increase a person's maximum hit point for eight hours. So normally that's a, you know, cleric or paladin spell that is just an action to cast. But that's absolutely something that could be appropriate in a magic food. I actually come to think of it, it's also a artificer spell. So that really could be appropriate because imagine like you have a chef artificer who knows the spell, but then they just kind of know how to imbue it into something like a meatloaf and you just eat the you know portion of meatloaf and then for the next eight hours you just have you know five more maximum hit points like that it, it just works nicely and what is also just nice for me from the mechanics point of view which obviously i love because of the fact that you can tweak the casting time that to me at least would be a reasonable reason to lower the cost because part of the magic high cost is supposed to be a trade-off of ease of use to cast the thing quickly you know through a magic item but if you are willing to invert that and have it be you can't use this thing in combat ever it takes 10 minutes to eat a portion of this to get this magical benefit that's a good reason to lower the cost and so even if you do use, you know, closer to standard magic item rules, that would be a good reason to, for example, lower the rarity so that you're not paying that stupid, stupid, you know, rules as written price for a consumable item. Right. But besides using spells as inspiration, you also have one. Well, not just one, but you have any number of other sources of inspiration anything that exists that you want to put into your world you're always welcome to do so if you're the dm of a game that's one of the benefits of the job is that it's whatever you want it to be so if you want to have like you were joking about earlier have a pinocchio effect so you just have a have a thing where every bite of, you know, whatever this food is, your nose grows one inch. And then immediately this is just kind of a silly thing. And maybe it wears off in an hour or it wears off when they take a long rest Honestly, or something like that. The, the big question with a thing like that, like, like, sorry to interrupt, but. I'm just wondering, like, what part of the nose grows, right? And and is it like like just a skin, or is it like a fluffy, or is that like um cartilage? In your world, it's whatever you want it to be. Make the make it as fucked as possible. Let's go. <laughs> so, what would that be? Like a long droopy nose, where it's just like fleshy, oh, <laughs> fleshy and gross with no extra cartilage. It's just like flopping down. Yeah. Oh shit. Um let's let's not think too much about this. Yeah, that that one was that one got very unpleasant very quickly. Yeah, it did. 
<laughs> but anyway, or maybe you just have it be something, you know, a little bit different. So in the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka movie, there is a gum that when you eat it is an entire progression of a meal. And just like the longer you chew oh, it, yeah. it transitions through all the flavors of this like really elaborate meal in all honesty. And it was a really cool thing, like an idea that was in that. But yeah, in D&D, like, tra- <laughs> yes, blueberry girl, uh, Violet, you're attending Violet, Violet. I fucking love that movie. It's up there in my favorites. Anyway. I don't watch it, but I read the book. Yeah, me too. Uh, movie is less evil. Like, Willy Wonka is like a evil. dick in the book. Honestly, I was a kid. I didn't read it that way. <laughs> also, you're you. Yes, I am. Actually, now that I think about it, Willy Wonka in general, fuck. Willy Wonka is absolutely someone who could apply to D&D. Like, if you want to just put Holy Willy Wonka shit, into a D&D right. world. That is amazing. <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, I mean, all of his stuff is pretty much magic. Right. And it's all like crazy effects that most people don't really have the creativity of like um, Ronald Bowles um, and <laughs> like all the stuff he came up with, especially mm-hmm. since most of us aren't from that time period where, you know, a lot of stuff was pretty wacky in fiction. It feels like anyways. Uh, are you aware of the whole uh, snozberries thing? A bit. I, I remember vaguely reading a passage about that in the book so like there's a scene in the book where or sorry in the movie at least where they mention like everything like the wallpaper tastes like whatever's on it so it's like you know the strawberries taste like strawberries the snozberries taste like snozberries the joke of that is snozberries penis (laughs) that is a euphemism that uh roald dahl came up with for penis (laughs) so he he made penis flavored wall paper and was mentioning this to children they didn't understand it so it's fine they did not but i wonder if they if any of them licked it and just wondered what is this flavor like this tastes strange (laughs) just like i don't know what this taste is it doesn't taste like any fruit i've had must be something uh, tropical (laughs) Uh, yeah it's just it's fucked up, but on the other hand, like I could totally see you having fun with some like Willy Wonka in Rift Wake, where it is just some eccentric magic user who's just kind of having some fun with his you know retirement after his adventuring days and just opens up you know the factory. Right, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> oh man, that would be a lot of fun. All right, I'm writing a new one shot. We're gonna just do Willy Wonka in D and D at some point. They do. <laughs> But anyway, but that does illustrate the point, though. The world is rich with inspiration of just fucking weird things. And as a dungeon master, you can just pull any of that into your world and have there be just more magical things that change quality of life or just magical things that are just there that just set the mood like it doesn't have to all be world changing maybe there's just you know some sillier things like a strawberry that tastes like an orange like you don't have to go nuts with the effects that you're able to create like that's one of the big fun uses of dungeons and dragons magic is that it is so goddamn versatile 
like honestly another uh, thing that i would definitely just enjoy having for my personal use like transmutation magic is a thing that exists so imagine if you had something like you know uh a one pound chocolate bar that's actually like transmuted broccoli. So you eat a pound of chocolate, but then it turns back to broccoli once it's in your stomach. Oh, healthy, but yummy. Right. Like that'd be amazing if you had something like that. Like that'd be an amazing just. Oh, no. What what I was thinking of was like food that screams while you eat. That That sounds like a a great idea. Uh, Sure. Why not? Uh, like actually this is the idea uh you ever have gnocchi what's that like a potato like a potato soup or potato dish so it's like very very small bits of potato like like circles of potato usually and i just had the thought you could just make gnocchi that kind of looks like pac-man and then you can just have these just little like potato-y circles that scream at you and then you can just (laughs) eat like bite-sized lumps of potato that are screaming that's crazy man like oh man especially like, i, I oh, want man, to imagine else. a hmm? no uh you just gave me a whole nother idea animated right. food like imagine if you did use animation magic to let it move right i, I was thinking like a consumerist like equivalent of like the what, whatever time period i think like 80s or something consumerist sort of version of dnd when mm. you have like all these crazy characters and shit and weird ass food yeah and not to mention you could go the classic like gingerbread man route and just have actual like moving gingerbread they men all that you eat well, maybe. you just eat them while they scream at the, the, I, I I keep on going back to the horror bit. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you're you. I am me. <laughs> but I mean, you could replicate Be Our Guest for Beauty and the Beast. Like, there is no limit to the, just the crazy, just weird, fun things that you can do. Just applying some creativity or just straight up lifting things. Because again, there is so much shit out there that you don't need to come up with anything new. I mean, honestly, also, if you just Google, you know, magic foods and magic effects, then you could just do that. I mean, if you just Google, like, uh, you know, D&D randomness or, ran- or wild magic expanded tables, then you can absolutely just find lists of magic effects and you can just use that as inspiration alone. Like, like uh, I've mentioned, I think at some point in the past, I'm not a big fan of the standard wild magic. So I have a D 10,000 table that I use for that. Jesus. And, and this is actually something Remy. that I, yes, <laughs> crazy. Nah. And this is actually something that I have used for food in my world in two instances. So I have actually made it canon in my world that there are there is a type of elvish wine that if accidentally left like to ferment for too long, just basically keeps building in potency. And then eventually after a couple hundred years, like if this wine is drunk, then it just triggers a roll on this table. And so it's usually just referred to nowadays as chaos wine, because anyone who drinks a sip of this wine triggers a wild magic surge. And it is the kind of thing that my players, if they come across this, can't resist at least some character having a sip just to see what happens 
And it has led to some rather interesting moments. So one of them was a, a random character within 30 feet turns into water. And so they oh, accidentally no. <laughs> killed someone that way. And then, uh, yeah, there was a whole thing with that of uh, needing to get a true resurrection to bring them back using uh, semen that he had just what? recently <laughs> left with an escort. <laughs> That must so, be an odd question to ask, because like, um, yeah, is yeah. this considered enough <laughs> material to resurrect someone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a that was a strange session. <laughs> uh, but uh, also, I use that same table though. Just like the way that I like thinking about it is that like, if there is just some massive accumulation of magic over time, then that might just have a random magical effect. And you may not want to go quite as far as me in terms of having a D10,000 table, but like you could just create your own D20 table if you want. You could just use the wild magic table for wild magic sorcerers and just use that as is if you wanted to just introduce a little bit of extra chaos. Um, I don't really suggest actually using the official list, though, because I don't think it's very fair to potentially just accidentally trigger a fireball because you eat a really good steak. <laughs> but like having like a list of like 20 goofy effects <laughs> is something that could be a lot of fun. And maybe you right. have some that are just like inconvenient, but you may or may again, just, it depends on just your style of world of just how much chaos, how After much danger the most is glorious what you steak, You have the most glorious shit of your life. It's oh, geez. <laughs> Like, in all seriousness, though, like, so I mentioned the wine, but the other right. one that I use that for is dragon meat. So I have, if you eat the meat of, like, an adult or ancient dragon, that that just accumulation of magic in their meat. So if you eat a dragon steak, it triggers a, cha a chaotic effect. So, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Like, there's, I love my table just because it, some of the shit on it is just weird and you never know what's going to come up. So we've had... uh the next bridge you cross turns into chocolate. Uh, your right hand turns invisible to undead. It, it just can be strange sometimes. And that's honestly just part of the fun of using chaotic effects occasionally. Uh, anyway, we are tangenting a bit once again. So uh, before wrapping up, I do need to mention uh, I did accidentally skip over uh, one more official thing that is kind of magical food. And that's also just because it is not quite as familiar to me as it is a new thing in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. So there's a whole bunch of new feats available in that book. And one of them is Chef. So uh, one of the effects of the feat, I'm not going to read the whole feat itself for this, uh, but as a short rest, you can cook special food as long as you have stuff to cook, blah, 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 blah. At the end of a short rest, any creature who eats the food and spends one or more hit dice can regain an extra 1d8 hit points. So that's pretty nifty. So there is actually one more, at least, actual this is food that has a magic effect when you eat it. So a little bit of extra healing when they spend hit dice, which is nice. But then there's another thing in that feat, too, which is with an hour of work during a long rest uh, or, or sorry, or when finishing a long rest, rather, uh, you can cook treats 
equal to your proficiency bonus, which lasts for eight hours and can be eaten as a bonus action to gain temporary hit points equal to your proficiency bonus. So all of this is kind of more combat related, which, you know, does check out for rules as written things. So some temporary hit points or some additional healing. So that is one thing that you may have noticed has been conspicuously absent in more of the effects that I was listing earlier, which is having there be magical food that heals is a classic trope in video games and in other games and in honestly quite a lot of things. But introducing more methods of magical healing is something that does require a lot more thought and balancing. So I did want to wait to talk about that as a separate section. So with that being said, if you want to have more types of healing, then this is again where you need to think about that balance between time and cost. Do you want to make out of combat healing more accessible? Then okay, you if you eat an entire loaf of this Let's just call it a red velvet bread because, you know, red healing <laughs> potion is kind of the right. go to. So, yeah. So, you, you know, you it comes eat back a, to cake, everyone always you eat a red velvet loaf. And then, OK, when you finish that, then you are, you know, healed for like, let's even just say, like, maybe this is something that is even cheaper than a healing potion because it takes you 10 minutes to eat the thing then okay, so a healing potion is normally 50 gold, but you can just down it like a shot during combat for an action. So 50 gold for a healing potion. So maybe you might want to say, okay, this takes 10 minutes to eat. Is that same, you know, 2d4 plus 2, but maybe it's, you know, half the price, 25 gold, because it's not as useful during combat. And in summary... Being a dungeon master allows you to incorporate anything that you want to do into your world. So putting thought into applying the magic in your world to the culinary arts and just the types of things that might exist in your world can add yet more fun things into your world, whether it is just something silly or potentially something world changing, like we were talking about with the Apple of Recovery. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Podcast on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.